0: One of the initial reasons for starting this podcast was to honestly become more social, to meet people and talk to them. At the time, I was becoming aware that I was slipping into old habits and becoming quite hermetic. On the road, I'd keep to myself, despite the whirlwind environment of rock and roll. But then, when I'd be off the road, it would be worse, staying in, not going out, and only talking to people through email. Talking to people face-to-face would only happen when the next tour started up again. So this podcast has helped me get out there, and meet people, and engage. But also, selfishly, it allows me to spend a good chunk of time with people I admire. People like Duff McKagan, Henry Rollins, Lydia Chris, Scott Thompson. They've all been nice enough to give me their attention, answer my queries, and spend some time to hang. I always think of it like winning some sort of contest which allows me access into their inner sanctums. However, these are people that I followed from my teen years onward into adulthood. Rarely, if ever, has there been someone who I have a connection with from when I was a kid. We tend to shed those years, and really, given the nature of this podcast, a podcast that focuses on music and sometimes comedy, when would that world intersect with mine? Well, it did. It has. And with someone who I've known about since I was a kid. If Canada is synonymous with hockey, then sportscaster Dave Hodge is synonymous with Canadian hockey. Here in Canada, he is a legend. Hockey Night in Canada is an institution, and Dave was the face of Hockey Night in Canada while I was growing up. I was a rabid Maple Leaf fan. I loved the Leafs followed the seasons, knew all the players, and watched Hockey Night in Canada religiously. I even wrote to some of the NHL players and got responses from Daryl Sittler and Ron Ellis of the Maple Leafs and Bob Gainey from the Montreal Canadiens. Soon, though, I discovered rock and roll, and my fanaticism for hockey got traded in for my fanatical devotion of all things hard rock. I said goodbye to hockey and sports in general, And never looked back. And the two worlds stayed safely apart for me, neither one getting too close to the other, despite the fact that we've participated in events held by the Tampa Bay Lightning and even NHL exhibition games abroad. And our songs get regularly played at Blue Jays and NHL games. When we were asked back in 2003 to participate in a music project put on by none other than sports, the sports network, TSN, these two worlds came together. We were supposed to be singing a song called Silver Cup in tribute to the Stanley Cup. It was a hockey thing. The song was written by our good friend Andy Curran of Coney Hatch fame. And with Andy involved, we knew we were in good hands, but we chose to rewrite the song and make it our own. While at the TSN television studio, in the dressing room, in walked Dave Hodge. This figure from my hockey days as a kid. And at this point, an almost mythical figure in my mind. Any dyed-in-the-wool Canadian knows what I mean when I say my mind was totally 100% blown away. Kind of ecstatic that that he was standing in front of us, but blown away that he knew our albums, owned our albums, named them off like he was naming off the first string Leafs. It was then that I found out that Dave Hodge, the face of hockey for me, was the biggest music fan I had ever met. After that day, whenever his name would be brought up, I'd retell this meeting to friends and Dave and I reconnected a few years later on Twitter. When I would offer to send Dave our latest album, he would reply that he already owned it. You know, when things get shitty on the road or what have you, it's little tiny bits of knowledge like this. Knowing Dave Hodge is a fan of your music it keeps me going and it reminds me all is not so bad. Now, doing this episode, I made the trek over to Dave Hodge's abode, where he showed me his massive music collection, CDs upon CDs. I tried to take it all in, trying to remember some bands in his collection so we would have something to talk about on the podcast. But when you talk about music with Dave, the floodgates open and you can sit there for hours chatting. And that's just what we did. This podcast catches only a bit, of my five-hour hang with Dave Hodge that day. It was a day I won't soon forget. If you had told me when we were starting this band that one day I would end up in Dave Hodge's house talking about Wilco and the traveling Wilburys, I wouldn't have believed it. I'm telling you, I was on cloud nine when it was all said and done. I felt like throwing my hat up in the air just like Mary Tyler Moore did. So enjoy this, please. It's an episode with someone who is very well known in one field, complete fanatic about another. From his POV, he comes to the table with a unique perspective and fascinating stories that will not disappoint. I was genuinely inspired by Dave's enthusiasm and passion for music. It made me want to go out and go record shopping afterwards. And we even exchanged some musical recommendations. Of course, Dave's list was bigger than mine, and I didn't know a lot of the bands on his list. I want to thank Blue Mike Microphones and Skullcandy Headphones for their support of the podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode, and if you like what you hear, please leave a rating or a review on the iTunes Store. Your reviews and ratings are helping the podcast's profile because we're still listed in the What's Hot section on iTunes Podcasts. So, thank you very much and keep them coming okay without further ado here's mr dave hodge the man the legend he's on the podcast it makes me so happy that he is and it starts now the Do, take a listen, would you now, to what Danco Jones would do? It's the middle of the night, and you better do it fast. Turn the speakers up loud for Danko's podcast. I know that disco and rock and roll aren't supposed to mix, and we all know how great a rock guitarist Danko is. But when I accompanied him one night to a disco nightclub, I watched in awe as Danko tore up the dance floor. He was like. Danny Terrio, John Travolta, and Adrian Zemet all rolled into one. When he was finished dancing, the music stopped and everyone applauded. The two of us immediately left the club and ended up in a blues bar where I watched Danko jam on CCR and Chuck Berry covers till dawn. It was amazing.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and
0: girls, get ready, because the Danko Jones podcast starts now! So right before I turned on the mics, we were talking about how the f- we first met, which was maybe a dozen years ago. I think probably more than that. Yeah. And we had f- this odd request to go into TSN and do this song written by Andy Curran called Silver Cup. Um, we kind of turned it on its head and we wrote our own Silver Cup song. And we were in the green room or the dressing room or what have you at TSN. You walked in and you basically, I've told this story 20 times to people over the years. You blew me, blew my mind for two reasons. First of all, you are someone from, now I have to admit, full disclosure, I don't really follow sports anymore. But when I, because I discovered rock and roll, before I did, I was a full blown Leafs fanatic. And you are someone who, When I think of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think of Daryl Sittler, Lanny McDonald, Paul Mateer, Boya Salming, and you. And you walk into the room, and you know our band, you know the albums, the songs, you know other bands that we are contemporaries with. It just blew me away because we were in this kind of sports environment.
1: Which only proves that you can fit both into your life. Yeah, sports and rock and roll. True. So come back to the Leafs.
0: <laughs> it's time. Yeah, yeah I, I I've been to uh, a couple of Leafs uh, games since then, or a few, and uh, yes, it it's it's for me to get into hockey again the way I was. It's such a I'm I'm an all or nothing, all in or nothing kind of guy. Um, but I feel the tug, trust me, I do. I love the smell. I used to skate a lot. I love the smell of an arena, lacing the, the, the skates on. I love it. I, I love all of it. Well, speaking of knowing the, uh, the records, uh, happy release day.
1: Uh, and this you. happens to be uh, Wildcat's birthday, right? And, yes. And um, uh, good luck with it. I will, I will, uh, I'll flatter you, you know, several times perhaps before <laughs> before we stop. But in in all those years of listening to all those Danko Jones records, and in being asked, uh, Dave, what are some of your favorite rock and roll songs? Like just pure rock and roll. Don't get too fancy. I always mention "Lover Call" because I think that that's what it is. And now I will tell you. You don't need to be told, perhaps, but. Uh, your fans, or uh, the fans that are still to come, that uh, "My Little Rock and Roll" Whoa. Uh, ranks with with that, and that's Thank you. that's on Wildcat, as you know. Uh, I I love um, all sorts of music, and you'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, but there's something about just basic, straight ahead, go for it rock songs uh, that um, will always appeal to me, and uh, so those those would be my two favorite, Danko Jones. Straight ahead, let's go rock and roll songs. Well,
0: thank you very much, Dave. I mean, you uh, liking the new song uh, bodes well for the album. I believe it's a good omen uh, that you uh, I'm here today yep. uh, on the release day. There, a have... coincidence, by the way. I mean, yeah. Well, coincidence. I knew this was going to come out March third, and
1: I just thought if I had you here March third, you might bring me a copy, <laughs> and yeah, you did. Yes, so thank
0: you. <laughs> um, and I rushed. Uh, I was really adamant on the emails leading up to this to our management, going, "Hey, uh, I need those promo copies. I need some <laughs> promo copies ASAP because I knew I was coming here." Um, and yeah, there's a lot to do on release day. I have to go back home this afternoon and do a live Q and A on Facebook. And earlier this week, I, I, you know, I was, I had a few emails going, "Hey, can we do this? Can we do that?" We can't do anything, man. I've got this trip planned. We'll, we'll do it after I come back. All right, I'm flattered. so uh, yeah, definitely. I, I uh, uh, this was a long time coming. I mean,
1: we I just could... have to find a, a place to fit the new stuff that you brought me because, as you see, I'm
0: outgrowing my music room. Well, you emailed me leading up to this, going, you know, I'll show you my collection, and you said thousands, so that pricked up my ears. Uh, thousands of CDs. Uh, I need to see it. And yeah, you didn't exaggerate. And, uh, it's quite impressive. I, uh, I love it. And the fact that you come from the sports world, which is a world that doesn't necessarily, uh, embrace music deeply, um, and vice versa. Uh, I love when you can't, when you meet someone who kind of just eschews all that and just says, this is, this is, this is what I am. Um, I, I really dig it. I, I wish the two worlds would would kind of commingle a little closer and deeper. They do, they do in, um,
1: and I'm, I'm seeing it a lot. When I go to a show, um, there will be uh, uh, there could be hockey players or baseball players or whatever, and vice versa, lots of music people at, at games. Um, whether they're as involved with uh, the other, uh, part of uh, what I call my two-pronged life, uh, maybe not uh, because I'm I'm a serious collector, as as you see. And yeah. there's music uh, playing in this house and in my car constantly. Mm. Uh, so my wife has had to get used to that. <laughs> and uh, but we go we go to lots of shows. Uh, we're always the oldest people in the room. I love it. Um, when we cross the border, uh, Buffalo, perhaps. They will say, "What are you going to see our cows for?" You'll be the oldest people there, <laughs> and and I say, "And we won't be shocked because it's happened before." Yeah. So, I love that band, by the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're probably one of right now one of Canada's biggest bands. Uh, in, Contemporary. Uh,
1: you want to say it's happened fast, um, but I first ran into them. I guess I was at the Vancouver Olympics, so six seven years ago mm-hmm. and to say that they would be where they are now then um probably would have been a stretch but i've seen the development i've seen how hard they work i have seen uh, how well they plan what they do and this was all this was all charted and they're great guys and i would ask you i mean is there a successful music person that you know that doesn't work hard at it I don't. i don't think you can be lazy and get where you want to go can you
0: no it's just too competitive now right. to not you know be really diligent um you sleep on it for one day and you've lost so much ground mm. um uh, so yeah no i i i understand their hard work I, we met those guys oh maybe five years ago in germany they were the opening band for billy talent on their yeah. european tour and i guess the I guess the deal was when you want Billy Talent, you get this other band that some of the promoters didn't know on the festivals. Um, but you know, they got to play these big festivals and since then I think they can come back and do their own. I, I know a couple of those guys. Anthony, the keyboard Anthony player. Carone, yes. Uh we met and the drummer, I don't know his name, but he's Tim. a friend Tim he's a friend of our drummer. Right. Drummers kind of yep. stick together. And we did this thing, which was crazy. It was for um it might have been for TSN. It was with Jeremy Taggart, drummer uh-huh. from Our Lady Peace. He he get he got this band together. It was me, Wade McNeil from Alexis on Fire, Anthony, Jeremy. Tim, and uh, Alex Saint Kitts, which is who's a bass player, and Jeremy on drums. And we played these video game theme songs. To an audience, or no, in a studio, oh. and they filmed it as well. I, there's footage somewhere. I have to dig it up, but that's how I, I actually jammed with a couple of the guys from the Arkells. I tried to dig up the
1: video, our video uh, of the Silver Cup, and I guess it doesn't exist. Yeah, there are there are other versions of it that you can find. There's like Maestro Fresh West
0: doing a version or something. Yeah, a lot of a
1: lot of bands went through the Trues. I know, uh, I think did it. Um, but we did an original. Yes. No, I know. I can't find it. No, that's that's a shame. Um, Probably the rarest. Because I the start of the video was me on stage making funny faces, trying to be like you maybe, and um, uh, and I was I was I was ridiculed at work for like two (laughs) weeks. Like like know what you do and know what you can't do and and, and don't do because they played it on air, Um, and uh, and had a big laugh and. You know, I didn't care.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember that, Silver Cup. The w- one guy who remembers it, the only guy who's ever come back to me with it, is Sean Cullen, the comedian. Sure. And I think he even did this on this podcast when we had him, and he goes, Silver Cup, I remember <laughs> it. And I'm like, you remember that? Nobody remembers no, that. No, it's
1: it, it, it's obscure uh, by now. But, yeah, uh, and yeah, those days, well, I was there, was the ultimate... Um, uh, Marriage of of sports and yeah. and music, and, and still to this day, obviously, uh, well, name a you know Super Bowl has to have music at halftime, Grey Cup, all that yeah. stuff, and I think I do think that they there's a um, there's a connection, and I think that I think musicians see athletes, um, as if they're on stage, and I think they empathize with what they're going through, and and vice versa. Yeah, and for all the musicians that walk out on stage with Hockey jerseys, obviously, uh, obviously, there's a connection there. That may be rather superficial. but uh, and, I, and I'm living proof that, you know, you can be a big sports fan and big music fan. And I, I do think my life would be, um, would be empty, I'll say that, empty without, without music, because sports is my work, and I love it, and I can't imagine doing anything else. I've never done anything else. But you can't love your work as much as you love your play if there's something that you love to play at. Right. And it, it makes your work better to be able to get away from it. And that's what music gives me. The other thing it gives me is it keeps me young, at least feeling young. Right. Because I can relate to kids. I mean, those the guys in our kells are, you know, they're more than, less than half, more than half. They're half my age. Um, and then some. And I can talk music to them and have yeah. them go, you know that? Yeah. You were there? You saw that? Um, and I walk away going, you know, I'm in my seventies and they're in their thirties, and you know, we might as well be the same age. Mm-hmm. And thus I'm what I'm telling you is I like tomorrow's music better than yesterday's music. I wanna I wanna see what's next. Wow. Um tough. And, and know whether I like it or not, and know that I can talk about it, know that I can go and see it if possible. And the stuff that I've already seen and heard and I've collected is always going to be there. And not to say I don't like it, but the idea of a, you know, a classic rock station, okay, mm-hmm. classic rock's fine, and you can play it, but pl- play today's stuff too.
0: Well, I really want to paint a picture here as to when you know I I you know we talk about music and people think, "Oh, okay, Dave Hodge is a music fan." I really want to let people know just how deep this music fanaticism of yours goes. So for example, if you say, first of all, you know you you throw out Wilco. Oh, you have an album or you've heard a song. No, you have I mean you've got bootlegs. I mean this goes way deep. I mean it's just not and then Uncle Tupelo, I mean Sunvolt, you go deep with this stuff. This isn't just some kind of fair weather kind of ha- you know, like hobby you do on the side. This is this is for real. No, there I'm I mean a, a true
1: collector needs to have everything. You know, you're a buyer if you buy half half the catalog. You're a collector if you got it all and you need it all and right. it's almost you know it's almost an obsession and I need it um, <laughs> the day it comes out if, yeah. if, if possible. So that's yeah um, the first record I I ever bought, I was 10 years old and you got to start somewhere, right and I'm always asked this and it's a kind of a funny story because the the record that was a 78 a single you know what a 78 was? I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is, uh, the in between so- a 45 and the, a 33. Right. The song yeah. was called band of gold. And the singer was, I can't make this up. A guy named Don Cherry and Don Cherry, the singer. Okay. Was also a PGA tour golfer. Okay. So he combined music and sports better than I do. Um,
0: I got to ask, when you finally met the other other Don Don Cherry, did you go, I'm a huge fan? (laughs) (laughs) And anyway, Band of Gold, it's still, you can
1: find it uh, by Don Cherry, but the latest Loretta Lynn album has has her version of Band of Gold. And so that's, I think the second record I bought was by Pat Boone, Love Letters in the Sand. And then I just kept purchasing and purchasing and... And all of the vinyl has disappeared because it was in disrepair. I couldn't sh- I couldn't um, find room for it. The thing about CDs is you know you can fit more of them into a room than you can right um, those large albums and um, so yeah I, I do have I have thousands of records and I went from Don Cherry to Bob Dylan to Motown to Wilco to all sorts of things in between. Um, I just love music. I don't, I can't tell you I like this kind of music. I could tell you that I'm, I am i don't collect classical music or, or traditional jazz or hip-hop, but that doesn't mean I won't listen to it, can't listen to it, and enjoy it. I just, um, I don't have room for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I understand. So your trajectory, just talking to you briefly before we started the mics, you mentioned... This is what kind of got me to start the podcast is you mentioned how you, you know, saw the temptations back in the day. So this has been going on for, like you're saying, quite a while. What is the trajectory? You just kind of laid it out, though. But from Motown to Dylan. Dylan to Motown for me. Dylan to Motown.
1: Um, Dylan just um, uh, grabbed me. Who knows why? Because in those days, all you heard was, well, he can't sing. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't disagree with that. But the songs obviously uh, were powerfully resonated. The whole the whole protest movement um, in those days um, interested me, fascinated me. I had to go see Bob Dylan in New York at the Bitter End in Greenwich Village when I was a teenager in high school, hopping on a bus and and just... I had to say I'd done it, and I've seen him since, obviously. Uh, sadly, these days, it's not high on my list of things I want to do. But um, Bob Dylan and then the entire folk movement in the 60s um, really grabbed me. So, you know, also I can give you all sorts of Fred Neal and Tim Harden and all sorts of uh, of names like that, Jesse Colin Young, Eric Anderson. I, and I collected like crazy everything from, from uh, that qualified as, as, um, uh, um, folk in the sixties and then work close to Detroit, uh, at my first job in the mid sixties. And so crossing the border with a chance to see the temptations at a, at a club called the 20 grand. And in those days, Detroit was, was a scary place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, in fact, one day, Arguably one so. day of my life covered the, yeah. the, the, riots, uh, there. And, um, uh, it's not something I like to talk about because it was it was scary, and one day was enough. But anyway, I yeah, I fell in love with with all sorts of uh, of Motown stuff, and and then um, and today, as you saw, you can find just about any kind of music in there.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I saw a rancid CD, I saw <laughs> a one. Buck Cherry CD. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's also a lot of rock, rock and roll, yeah. punk rock. I mean, I think a lot of people in Canada would flip if they realized, and I think after this they will know, that Dave Hodge collects Rancid CDs. And I think that is unbelievably awesome. I think that is just amazing. Um, what leads you to those avenues? Like, what leads you to the Buck Cherry? Was there, after Dylan, Temptations, was there like a did you get heavier? Did you like get I, into punk rock? I mean... I just didn't want to shut out anything that I thought
1: I might like, or yeah, I mean, I mean it's an adventurous sort of a hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I know, I've heard you say this, that you, when, in the days when you, you could buy CDs and walk into a store and spend, you know, an hour or more, um, that you bought stuff because the cover appealed to you. Yeah. Uh, I would add to that, that the name of the band, I, I, would have no idea what, it, but the name kind of intrigued me. So I'll take that home and, right. and see what, uh, I think the first, the, the band, the best example of that was a band called the Detroit Cobras. <laughs> okay. And, okay. And I, and I had no idea what I was going to listen to when I got it home, but I looked at this name and I thought that can't be really bad. It might be really good. And it was right. And so, and to this day, I'll, I'll still, I'll take a chance.
0: Now, how, how what leads you to the music? Like, are, uh, do you read blogs? Do you re, do you collect? Subscribe to magazines? Well, or? in the days
1: when when subscribing to magazines, when there were magazines to subscribe mm. to, there are not too many anymore. I did a lot of that. No Depression was was the music magazine that I had to have every every month. Um, and um, now I'm probably on twenty five uh, music sites. Most of them I'll visit every day, just make, every sure, I, day. make sure I'm not missing. You know, I'll, some days are busier than others, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but if I can, uh-huh. uh, and just have a quick glance, um, see if there's anything that surprises me or that I, I want to know more about. And, um, so it's easy now, right? It's, I mean, the Internet is, is fantastic to, to follow music or anything
0: else if that's what you want to do. Well, how do you acquire it like hard copies? Do you do you, do you trips? I, down,
1: I well, the the uh I download ever since as I say the trip to the store is no longer No. Uh, okay. possible, really. Um and there there came a time when you could walk into a store and there was nothing there to buy or to see. Uh the you know, but in the days when CD shopping or or record shopping was was fruitful, um finding the right music store, I guess still to this day, I mean, for vinyl collectors, obviously, to know where to go is, is really important. And you want to go to the place where, you know, any chance you got this or you could order it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I spent a, a lot of time just digging around for stuff. And, um, and in the days when I traveled more than I do, I had, you know, in major cities around the, around the country and the U.S., I had to know a good restaurant and a good music store, not necessarily in that order. Right,
0: (laughs) It's like you're a touring musician. Those are usually the two things Mm -hmm. on my top list, too. Um, And like you said, you know, record stores have kind of gone away, but they're coming back. They are. If you go, do you make trips downtown to Toronto to? uh, uh, Except mostly vinyl, no? Or you could find, I guess so. I think so. Yeah, but um, there's like places like Sonic Boom that's got like CD sections as okay. well. Vortex, which was my place, that yeah. was you know um, that closed last December, and they had an equal amount of CDs used and vinyl.
1: See, I think there should be should have been funerals for the best places that were forced to close because of what we know now as uh, you know the music industry's uh, struggles. Um, because uh, it's, I can download, you know, 10 CDs in eight and a half minutes. Yep. Um, But I'd prefer, I'd prefer to take the drive, spend the hour, the hour and a half, and have something in a bag to yep. come home with. Uh, this, isn't, this isn't as satisfying or,
0: or as fulfilling this way, even though it's a lot more efficient. Well, there's a site, maybe you know of it, vibrations.ca. I don't know that. Uh, and they basically let collectors know where all the record shows are in, uh, along the 401. Oh. And uh, every Sunday, you can, there's a, whether it's in Guelph or St. Catharines or Kingston, Mississauga, uh, they've got these record shows. And some, some of them are mainly vinyl, but some of them are record and CD shows. Okay. Um, And they've got these vendors there, and it usually starts at 10 a.m. in some Holiday Inn somewhere or some, you know, Canadian Legion Hall or whatever. Or you could go at 9 a.m. and pay the $20 for the yearly fee and be out of there when everybody's lining up, which is actually someone told me to do that, and I started doing that, and it does pay off. Hmm. Um, So that's something to maybe think about with the, you know, acquiring— more yep. hard copy stuff
1: now m- mind you,, uh, my wife would like me to stop <laughs> <laughs> as 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 the visa bills come in, uh, oh, you've been uh, <laughs> shopping again, yes, yes, I have you'll never listen to all of those. I mean I can't live long enough <laughs> if i if I wanted to devote every hour of every day. I'm never going to listen to all of those anymore. But my answer is, you're right, except what I don't know is which ones I will want to
0: listen to, and i got to make sure they're all there in case that's the one I want. So are you like CDs like I am with books, where you're constantly acquiring and and running it without no time to go through them? That can happen, yeah.
1: Although I think I'm safe in saying that I've listened at least once, Top to bottom to everyone. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, if it's obvious junk at the beginning, I I I suppose I've I threw it out. Anything I've
0: still got, I've heard um, front to back. Well, like you were saying, you're saying we're talking about lack of time um, versus you know the the monumental volume of, of of stuff you have what is your way of listening then? Cause I always, I, I understand that dilemma as well. So what I try to do is kind of pick, even for this trip over to your place, I handpicked five, six CDs and that's going to accompany me on this trip. Um, now I won't listen to all of them, but they're kind of in, in, in the foreground in, in, in my frontal lobe. Um, and I'll go through them. And I'll. Uh, is there any way that you listen to music, then kind of sort of routine?
1: I will make a list of CDs that I need to listen to, and I'll go from that list until I get to the end, and then I'll make another one. Because I would go, I'd drive myself crazy if I walked in there, now, what do I want to listen to today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, on this crazy. wall, that over there, this... So I plan it ahead just by writing stuff down and, and, um, and I follow the list religiously. I mean, it, it feels nerdy, really, to, you know, okay, this is a new day. What am I going to listen to? I'll pull out the list and see what's on it, go down, pick them up, put them in the car or the, wherever. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's the way I do it. Otherwise, I indecision would... Yeah, drive me
0: crazy. You're only getting I, I find myself whenever I have that situation. I only then I'll just knee jerk back into the same ten bands that I've listened to since I was eleven. And well, I try. I
1: try real hard to uh, to to vary it, mm-hmm. um, so I don't get stuck on. And then and then what happens is, you get around to you know Arkel's or Wilco or Frank Turner or Danko Jones or, and 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 I say to myself. I should be listening to this more, like why am I, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. but if you haven't listened to it for a while and it seems fresh again and, uh, and so uh, um, I guess you got to have a plan, I don't know, when you have that many um, it, it requires some kind of, some kind of uh, logical thinking that tells you what what to play next
0: Now when you when you visited these record stores aside from your wife and you go to these shows or whatever is there someone else who in your life who kind of helps you spiral upwards and turns you on and you turn them on and back and forth and back and forth I have I have friends but
1: not many who who like music love music the way I do and are willing to uh, attend shows as I do and be out late, you know, sometimes very late. But I'll go myself, and I, you know, I I mean, I'm very close with everybody connected with the Horseshoe Tavern, so I can go walk in by myself, and I'm not by myself for, you know, longer than five right. seconds. Uh, Lee's Palace, uh, you know, same owners. Um, and, um, and then, you know, not to drop names or to suggest that there's any kind of privilege involved in this but I can find my way backstage most places and very very often, um, most often I guess, I'm going to see people that I know not just bands that that I'm aware of and so um, it's always a social time before and after the show too so yeah you'll find me in lots of places that uh, maybe other people wouldn't wouldn't expect to see me, but no, I don't, I mean, there's not a band of brothers that, no, you know, we got to go see this, but, uh, you know, a few, a or, few friends.
0: Or at least someone who like emails you going, Dave, check mm. out this YouTube link of this band. Right. You got to hear this song. Yeah. Well, that's often other musicians that, that are. Right. Uh, Cause I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, there's like five YouTube clips that you need to check out. I need to send you mm-hmm. well, <laughs> after seeing f- that room. Feel free. <laughs> feel free. Um, but, uh, I remember when, you know, you're talking about dressing rooms. When we were in the dressing room at TSN and you walked into the room, like, okay, I have to admit, it's just an, for, for us, it was just another thing we had to do to promote the band or, you know, do this thing for Andy, because we did it for Andy, Andy I mean, Kerm, at least yeah. in my head, Andy Kern. This is 2003, I think, so we're... Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, because um, it's That's like, when
1: the Silver Cup idea was,
0: was launched. And we were on our Born a Lion... Yeah. you know, cycles. So, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, we're just heading away, just promoting it. This is another thing to do. So, you know, you walk into the room and I would assume the same happens in the horseshoe for me. And I'm sure, you know, obviously, you know, Craig and, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and JC there. But, um, yeah, I like, I don't know what I was doing. I can't remember. But you walked in and I was like, holy shit, like, this is pretty heavy stuff happening. But not just that, it was... You started to like drop, like, I remember so, I remember it so well. You said, you started talking about the new pornographers Love to me. And I, like, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, this is amazing. And that's when I knew, okay, this guy's a serious music fan.
1: And a serious Canadian music fan, honestly. Um, oh, okay, I, I, right. I,
0: and I lived through
1: the day when when, you know, Canadian content regulations were... Were introduced in in Canadian broadcasting, and my first reaction was, you know, we don't need we don't need uh, uh, mandatory. Uh, Rules that say you must play Canadian music because it's good enough to stand on its own. But then I realized, you know what? It wasn't getting played enough, and people didn't know enough about how great the music was in this country. And so now we've got, you know, awards called Juno that were named after the the, the head of the CRTC, Pierre Juno, spelled differently, who 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 brought in those those regulations. And you know, it sounds rather, you know, it sounds like protectionism, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't advocate it necessarily, um, uh, for other things, but the rise of Canadian music, mm-hmm. um, proved the worth of that, of that idea. And now, uh, you know, I often say this and it's kind of, it's gimmicky and it's hokey, but I really do think that if there were a Music Olympics Canada would win gold, mm-hmm. um, for all of the stuff that is successful today and for all that preceded it. And as, you know I'm hoping to see it for all that's still to come and the rest of the world is very aware I mean you're you're proof right you're mm-hmm. you're what would we call you in Europe
0: idol God no <laughs> just a rocker guy yeah, in but band. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about right I mean, well I've seen it too uh when we first started going to Europe I couldn't really see any other bands who were doing it what we were doing, and then two, three years into it, I started to notice everybody started to come over to the p- point where it got to the when people would find out we're from Canada that they would just go rush. Oh, you know, rush like you know their next door neighbors of ours. To now, it's more like oh, Canada. So there's this, and there's Arcade Fire, and there's mm-hmm. Justin Bieber, and there's you know uh, Avril Lavigne, and you know Billy Talent. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, gained some ground over the years, and I've, I've noticed it firsthand. When people come back to, uh, you know, w- when they hear about Canada, what is it that identifies Canada? And it's a lot more than just Rush. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, as I say, you can go back, you know,
1: Leonard Cohen, Neil Young, uh, Lightfoot, um, and then today, you know, Sam Roberts, Arkells again, Blue Rodeo. Tragically Hip for all of those wonderful years, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's it's more than I should be a fan of Canadian music. It's it's how can you not be if right. you're exposed to this? Mm. And I think Canadians have come to that realization. You know, the outpouring for the Tragically Hip was was wonderful. It was uh, powerful. It was uh, emotional. It was sad and yet. Uh, exhilarating all at all, all at once, and you had to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I do think that the rest of the world is, you know, I hear I hear bands say, "Yeah, but we can't play the states. Nobody, you know, they don't care about us, or, or they don't like us, or we can't draw an audience." And you want to say, you know, you guys are good enough that that shouldn't last forever. You know, if you want it to happen, um, keep trying. And if it doesn't happen, come back here because we love you here. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm a, I'm a flag waver, and and I'm, I don't apologize for it. And I think that uh, there's a a, a real a funny story that I, I continue to tell all the time to two of my best friends in music. One is Joel Plaskett, and the other is Willie Nile. And I don't know if you know Willie or not. I don't know. Willie Nile. is a Willie is a New York rock. You you need to know Willie Nile. Uh, a because he's the only guy that'll bring me on stage to sing with him that I that, that I know of uh, without me asking and I'll, I'd never ask but I'd also never say no. Um, so I was at a having dinner with both of them just having met Willie because Joel introduced me to Willie and we were going to hear them both um, and so Willie played and then Joel was the main attraction and I had said uh, prior to the show I'd said to Willie. Joel is a, is a national treasure. This guy is just, he's, he's that good. And Willie was just being introduced to him, really. They, they were played a couple shows together, I think, before that. And then Joel was on stage later on in the evening, and I felt a tap on my shoulder and turned around. Willie's a, shorter than I am, let's put it that way. Um, and uh, he looked at me and he went, this guy's a national treasure. And I wanted to say, yeah, yeah, that's my line. I just told you that. (laughs) But um, yeah, it can be your line now. And he just sat there and he was was in awe of of what Joel was doing. And every time since, and this is going back mm, half a dozen years at least, maybe more. Every time Joel's name comes up and I'm with Willie, Willie will say to me, that guy's a national treasure. <laughs> and I've stopped reminding him that it was my line initially. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, here's, here's a U.S. rock and roll guy um, being introduced to a Canadian rock star and
0: being blown away by him. Well, you, you mentioned, I need to know who Willie Nile is. I don't know who he is. Uh, part of the reason why I'm here is anticipating this conversation was hoping to get turned on to new kinds of bands and people and music. A Willie's a you. Willie
1: not the Willie Nile band is a four-piece band that um I you would you would love. And Willie is he's a he he's a Brooklyn guy now I think, born in Buffalo, but would ta- tell stories about living across the street from Patty Smith and down the street from from bob dylan he is a very close friend of bruce springsteen um and uh it is now as i learned the other day uh preparing an album of bob dylan songs so for me willie nile singing bob dylan is is going to be special
0: wow okay all right cool yeah uh yeah that's uh, uh leading up to this conversation that i i was speaking to somebody and uh i said yeah i'm one of the reasons why I want to talk to you is, yeah, sure. You you know, you've got the association with with hockey and Canada, and and for my past when I was growing up, there, it's a big thing for me. But aside from all that, people I want to talk to are hu- I want to talk to huge music fans about their loves in hopes that it can lead me to music I I you know I. I, I you know, get me excited to t- turn me on to new kinds of, of musics that, you know, maybe I know of, but I just was never guided into the world. So walking, I, I asked you, I needed to see your collection. And, you know, we took a little quick tour. But yeah, like walking around there, I I, I wanted to, you know, kind of walk out of here with a little kind of list of, of things that I should go and check out.
1: Well, we'll have lunch after this, and i we can bring a pen and paper, and I'll <laughs> uh, and I'll get some. I'll get some from you. Um, you should walk away with uh, with a couple of stories. I should tell you, um, uh, the trip the trip to see Dylan was interesting, but I- I'm going to tell you about eating dinner in New York um, at Smith and Walensky's, which is a prominent steakhouse, okay. and, I, and I was working that at that time in my life for one year as a Minnesota North Stars uh, play-by-play announcer. I did a little play, play-by-play, not that you'd know it if you weren't in Minnesota. I remember oh. the North Stars, Bobby Smith. Yeah. Um, and we had to wear these garish-looking black and green and yellow <laughs> ties with stars all over them, right. um, whether we liked it or not. So we just done the North Stars versus the Rangers. I was with uh, my my uh, uh, crew, producer, and and a uh, couple other guys, and we're having dinner. And one of one of my uh, one of my mates said, uh, "There's a guy over in the corner. Uh, he's staring at you. He must know you." And I looked over and I said, no, "I don't think I know him." So that was that. Ten minutes later, no, that guy does know you because he's getting up and he's walking over here. <laughs> So, tall guy, looked down, I was, I was seated, and he said, um, I grew up in uh, in Detroit, and uh, used to watch Hockey Night in Canada all the time on the Windsor station, and so I'm, you know, saw you every Saturday night, and this and that, and the other thing, I said, well, thank you very much, and um, I said, uh, and what do you do? And he said, uh, well, I'm, I'm a drummer in a rock band, and I said, well, what band? He said, oh, you're probably not going to know it, and I said, eh try me. He said, uh, uh, my name's Chad Smith. I'm with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Whoa. And I said, suck my kiss, man. And, <laughs> and he said, oh, you do know us. I said, oh yeah, I know you. And, and, and I said, oh, I have kids. But I mean, that was just, no, it was me that knew him. So he said, what are you doing tomorrow night? This was a Friday night. And I said, well, I'm, I'm on a plane tomorrow morning well, if you could wait till Sunday morning, he said, you could be our guest at at Saturday Night Live. We're doing Saturday Night Live tomorrow night. And I said, oh, geez, that's that's really too bad. And he said, it's a big night because it's not known, but we have two guest performers that uh, are going to make it an interesting night. Um, Madonna and Barbara Streisand are going to be on the show. And I was kicking myself, and I said, Chad, I, I'm really... I'd love to be there, obviously. Uh, fast forward to the end of this. One of the most watched shows in Saturday Night Live history I remember was Madonna and yeah. Barbara Streisand. Uh, and Roseanne was the was the host, which didn't do a lot for me. They did me. A, a coffee talk That's it. That's it that was together. the start of yeah. it. That was the start of it. So anyway, um, before I said thanks for the last time and sorry I couldn't go, I said um, maybe... Um, maybe you could take this stupid-looking tie and wear it, and then, you know, a little bit of me would be on the show. I uh, Maybe it had too much wine, I don't know. But he said, "Oh, we kind of don't wear anything, you know, if you know us. Yeah, you're right. But he said, give me the tie anyway. And they said, watch the show. We'll do something with the tie. We'll do something to make you go, eh. So half an hour in or however long it took to... uh to wait for the curtain to uh, <laughs> to draw back, and Roseanne to say, here's the red hot chili peppers, and draped over the drum kit. So the next time you want to see that episode... Is it on YouTube? Uh, yes. It, it, it's not hard to find at all. Yeah. And there's this black, green, and yellow tie. Uh, you can't miss it if you're looking for it. Um, and so that's my appearance on Saturday Night Live, or my ties, anyway. And... Yeah, I mean, not to put too much meaning into it, but there's, you know, there's the power of sports drifting into music. And, you know, who in the world knew that, you know, Chad Smith would, would know me or I would know what he does and know a lot about what he does and be able to prove it to him? Wow,
0: that's... Uh... Probably the best story I've heard since <laughs> it's, in 2017. It
1: usually goes over pretty well. Yeah. And especially when, when, you know, when there's proof. When, 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 <laughs> yeah, right. When, when right. You,
0: YouTube can back me up. Right. I think Chad Smith, to me, a great drummer. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, of course. But for me, as a Kiss fan, hit Chad Smith's claim to fame, main claim to fame, I think, would be he was in the crowd when you turn Kiss Alive's live album back. Um, and see the crowd shot. He was actually in the crowd. He's not in the photo, but he's obscured by someone's head. He, I've I've read, so that's like a pretty big thing that Chad Smith was in that photo. Um, that's what I think, I think of when I hear his name. That is an amazing story. So I know Chad Smith is like he's he's been down since day one. Um, but the fact that he knows you, being from America, yeah, and, no, yeah, it's, it's amazing.
1: It's, I'm a um... Uh, we should you know not to drop more names but if we're talking about you know rock and roll um i'm a huge fan uh, of the hold steady and uh, i've introduced them several times uh, okay. over the years um and um yeah you can't put me in a you can't put me in one category because i'm not in it for long i'm i'm i bounce around and uh, you know drop kick murphy's uh, that kind of stuff. Right. I did. I did. I have a son who's in his mid thirties, who uh, is a bigger punk rock guy than me, um, and he yeah, he's gone to places that that I wouldn't. Um, but there had to be some influence growing uh, up and right. growing up uh, in this house. And, and does he have f- as big a collection? No, no. But no. But mine is available to him right uh, um, whenever. Um, but um, yeah, he uh, he loves uh, bouncing souls and all that mm, and all that stuff. Right. He's uh, and and Frank Turner. I don't know if you know Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls. Um, uh, Frank I've is a UK name, kind of a modern day Billy Bragg, but much right. more punk and much more rock. And Frank, uh, he's high on my list of people that I want to see whenever I can. And he he and our Kels uh, have just finished touring. Uh, together
0: now, has your son turned
1: you on to music? Um, yeah, he will. Um, he'll bring me stuff and say, "Here, listen to the Gaslight Anthem." I didn't know until he he said, "Here, uh, right. listen to this. I think you'll like this." So occasionally, but more often it works the other way.
0: Really, that's <laughs> that isn't usual. No, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and of course, when I came over here, I brought I don't know five or six CDs. And uh, one thing I think it was a couple of years back, or no, actually maybe five years back, when we first I first reached out to you on through Twitter, I think, uh, mm-hmm. and I said, Look, "Dave, I need to send you our new album." And then <laughs> I've I've told the story <laughs> before, and you go, "If it's below the belt, I already yeah. have it." <laughs> like, like what? Um, so I didn't bring below the belt. No, but um, it's here. Yeah, and I think. Looking through your collection, I could actually see which labels did a really good job at promoting our CD because you have pretty much all of it up to a certain point. Thank God I brought those ones, mm-hmm. and I can now now know that that certain label didn't do a good enough job. Oh. So, um, no, it's probably it's, something it's, I always suspected. Um, that would be that would be my, that'd be my fault. No, I, mean, I, I, I uh, I've brought you the copies, and uh, of course, yeah, I'm here on. The release date of our new album, Wildcat, and there isn't any other place I'd rather be. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Um, well, let me, uh,
1: because I usually ask questions, not answer them. Um, if you're not working and you have a chance to walk across the street and see a show,
0: name anybody. Who do you want to see? Oh. Oh, well, I can only I can only say a band that I I can only name bands that I'm listening to currently. Okay. Uh and right now my favorite new rock band or newish rock band is a band from Australia called King Gizzard and the Lizard, Lizard Wizard. Wizard. You know them?
1: Okay, sure.
0: I mean, what the hell? Their latest record came out last week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you have it? I don't have it. No. No. Um it's phenomenal. Yeah. And I've heard that they're going to put out five this year. They do a lot. Yeah, they five, do a lot. yeah. So you are aware of King Gizzard yep. and the Lizard Wizard. This is like another uh, moment to blow me away. Um, but on those 25 uh, sites that I'm
1: visiting, I'm seeing lots of names and listening mm-hmm. to lots of stuff. And, um,
0: uh, yeah, I, I, I mean to know what what is out there. Yeah, I mean, I... That's the band I would I would, I would cross okay. the street to see. Um, and for me, it's a little harder, uh, which is one of the questions I wanted to ask you. I guess, you know, uh, we're winding down here. But um, for me, going to see a show takes a lot. It takes, it takes a lot for me to go see someone's show now. And that's because? It reminds me of going to the office on a Sunday. I'm, yeah. I'm touring so much that I want stillness and quiet uh, when I'm off the road. Is that how it is for you when when you see like maybe oh you know Calgary versus the Leafs uh, you know uh, would you go to the sh- to the game if I'm not working if and there's no working. other reason to go no. and yeah. somebody's not you know
1: inviting me uh, to a private box yeah. and I can ignore the game if I wish and now your focus is I, the game no, probably not no yeah. probably not um, and I didn't used to go to music shows um, for a long time for two reasons one. Um, I used to be a heavy smoker, and then I I stopped smoking, but you could still smoke in clubs, and I couldn't do that. And the other reason is um, if I wanted to go to hear music, I didn't want to be stopped by every second hockey fan and asked who's going to win the Stanley Cup this year. (laughs) Um, Now, I'm not not recognized (laughs) as much as I was back in those days, so I don't have either of those problems anymore. The the, the venues are smoke-free, and... I can I can get around the, the hockey questions uh, right. a lot easier than, than I used to be able to do. And so, you know, what what started me going well, I'll tell you what started me going to uh going to shows, it was uh Kathleen Edwards. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, Kathleen. I do, I know her. But I heard her record uh and and went like I gotta know more, I gotta I who is this, where did she come from? When could I see her? Um, and I was saying this out loud at a at a hockey game, in fact. And somebody said, "Oh, she's playing at the at the Phoenix uh, in two nights." Uh, "Do you want to go? I'll get you in." Yeah, I want to go. And that, I wasn't in the habit of going to 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 see shows. The next thing, you know, her manager is phoning me and saying, "Apparently you're coming to the show. How would you like to introduce her on stage?" <clears throat> so Kathleen and I became very close friends for quite a few years, Joel Plaskett was on the same show. So that's the first time I met him. And from Kathleen, I met, you know, Jim Cuddy and Sam Roberts and this and that. And, and that opened the door to, and now I was able to say, I don't have any problem going to these shows because I know who I'm going to see and I can, I can have fun seeing them. I, I think musicians are the, are the nicest people in the world you probably know some you don't like mm-hmm. but i don't know who they are honestly and i could you know you, you probably don't know any hockey players that you don't like right. i could tell you some of those right um and obviously it's natural i'm you know in the, in when you're working you're you're not seeing the best side and then not seeing the best side of me either perhaps but boy oh boy if you know if there are bad people playing music i've never met them honestly they're they're welcoming they're they're fun to be with. Um, they, you know, they're if there are stereotypes there, they don't fit them. Not the ones, not the people I've met, and that's that makes it all the more satisfying. Is not not you're not going to hear music. I don't anyway, as much as I am going to see friends.
0: Well, Jim Cuddy's a great guy. You yeah. mentioned Jim Cuddy. He's a super nice guy.
1: And uh, I mean the whole, you know, and Blue Rodeo's had. You know the musicians come and go, and and you go, how are they ever going to do without him? And they find somebody else who's as good or better. Mm-hmm. And and they're all, yeah, you know, they're all terrific, uh, uh, terrific guys and and girls. And uh, that that really that really appeals to me, mm-hmm. the chance to to meet these people and to know more about what makes them tick. And you know they want to talk sports too. Um, and I want to talk music, and so that's the only time we clash, really. Right. Uh, yeah. Enough of the least. Tell me about you know your next record. Yeah. You know? Well,
0: that's why i i wasn't really I wasn't really worried coming here because I didn't really want to talk to sport about hmm. sports with you, and I, I figured you wouldn't want to do that anyways. Exactly. Um, this is a chance for you to kind of stretch out and talk about music for a change. So I wasn't worried about that. Um, but I'm sure when I post this podcast people are going to tune in some people are going to tune in because they're probably going to want to listen to a sports chat
1: yeah um well on behalf of Danko Jones let me apologize <laughs> to those folks because neither of
0: us wants to talk hockey not this time anyway not this time maybe maybe in the future you, you got to get me I'm always the Leafs when I play uh, EA Sports NHL uh-huh. hockey I'm always the Leafs always always well, the Blue Jays well, the question I get, of course, are
1: you a Leaf fan, and and were you a Leaf fan, and there were, well, there are now 30 teams, soon to be 31 when when Vegas joins the NHL, and I lo- I like them all equally, um, because you train yourself, or I did in those days anyway, to not show any bias. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I think it's only fair to the people out there who. Who weren't cheering for the Leafs? That I not be seen as somebody who might right. annoy them, and so I tried to play it right down the middle. And um, all I say is, you know, I'm a fan of the check arriving on time, and not <laughs> and not, and not bouncing. Yes, it is work. It's yeah. it's, it's it's fun work, but uh, I can't I can't allow myself to care who wins yeah. or loses. Right. I mean, I want the best team to win. There are some people you'd like to see win uh, more than others, but they're scattered all over. 30 teams so right. um no i'm not uh, i don't i don't i don't it doesn't sound right to say you don't care who wins but i'm happy no matter who wins right no it. i hear
0: you yeah you have to be neutral uh, you mentioned you know there's musicians that uh you know i could probably name off that aren't very nice and the same goes for uh athletes but please don't dash my dreams i've been a mike bossy fan since i was a kid is that guy a cool guy
1: well, he's a, he's a, um, he's a, let me, let me say he's an independent thinker. Okay. How's that? Okay. So you can like a whole lot of that independent thinking, but then there's some times that he, Mike says something that, really? Um, okay. Yeah, he's a good guy. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure, well,
0: sure well the only guy. reason why I bring up Mike Bossy is because I had a, 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 you know, I, I was, I've been a Leafs fan since I was a kid, but there was a time when I was, uh, uh, I was a huge New York Islanders fan when they won the Stanley Cup with Bob Nystrom and, and oh, Troce. And so Bossy was my guy. It was the 50 goals and 50 games era. And uh, my mom knew I was such a huge fan. She wrote into a TV show called Thrill of a Lifetime. I don't know if you remember that show thrill of a lifetime it was like a ctv they f- shannon tweed wanted to be a playboy playboy playmate so they got her it's like people write in oh i want to jump out of a plane i want to be a we'll playmate. make it happen we'll make it happen so did you meet mike Bossey? they called me for a interview and they asked me what do you want to do with mike Bossey? and the correct quest- answer would have been uh, play hockey with him, right but my mom didn't let me play ice hockey and so i said i don't know go to a movie with him," and so i didn't get the thing <laughs> the next season bossy was on the the show with a kid playing hockey and i i watched it in in horror um and i knew I somebody took said your that. place someone took my place so bossy's always been there you know it, he hasn't left so I, anytime i uh i uh I think about hockey these days. I'm like, yeah, bossy. Yeah.
1: Well, after right. one of those Islander cups, um, they won it in Long Island, and the the party afterwards lasted till 5:30 in the morning, that I remember anyway. And there were two people left in the room, me and Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> Gordon was a I was a close friend growing up in Oregan with Jiggs McDonald, who was the Islander play-by-play guy for a lot of years, did some, He worked with other teams, LA and Florida, at least for a while. Um, and uh, Jigs had, had said to Gordon, you got to come here and watch the Islanders win the Cup because um, Gordon was an Oilers fan. Ah. And, and, and Jigs said, you know, my team will beat your team. Kind right, of thing. right. So there we are at 5.30 in the morning, Gordon Lightfoot, and I had not met Gordon before, this was a pretty good chance to meet him because there was nobody else there. And again, I didn't want to talk hockey, obviously, with Gordon Lightfoot. (laughs) So I said, one of my, you know, clumsy questions, I said, Gordon, you could put a record on any record at all now that we could sit here and listen to. What would it be? And he paused for a minute and he said, ah, you wouldn't know of it. He said, "Um, but there's a record, an old folk record, called Gibson and Camp at the Gate of Horn. This was Bob Gibson and Bob Camp at the Gate of Horn was a club in Chicago. And I looked at him and I said, Gordon, if you'd asked me that question, my answer would have been the very same as yours. I said, that is my favorite folk record, not by Bob Dylan. And to this day, now when I see him and I'm... uh, Frequently in Gordon's company, let's put it that way, um, I always remind him, you know, we both liked the same record and we both proved it that night at 530 in the morning, that morning at 530 after the Islanders won the cup. Wow. And what were the, what were the odds that that would be his, his response? Right, right. But I can, I can play you that and not that you necessarily would like it, but in my folk days, that was just, that was the record that I listened to more than anything else. And he liked it, too.
0: Wow. I am a poor wayfaring stranger. I'm traveling through this world of war. And there's no sickness, no toil or danger. In that bright land to which I go I'm going there to see my father I'm going there no more to
1: roam I'm going there just
0: I'm going there To my new home One of these mornings